0: Hey, you're drinking house coffee. Unfiltered conversations brewed out the intersection of real estate life and coffee shop service.
1: We're Maggie and Rich, local business owners and friends, sharing stories and welcoming you to pull up a chair with us. The door's always open.
0: Let us pour you a cup. Hey, Maggie.
1: Hey, Rich. Welcome to episode 33. Thanks. The last of 2023.
0: Wow. We made it folks
1: I know it's kind of cool
0: close so close to the end of the year.
1: this has gotta be like our um we're hitting our sweet spot this yeah is it. it
0: only took thirty three episodes
1: yeah, the age where Jesus started his ministry
0: that's right it's perfect timing yeah all in the Lord's time <laughs> <laughs> um, we are finally done with business model basics.
1: thank goodness
0: oh gosh. I enjoyed that, mm-hmm. but that was the definitely the longest series we've done. Yeah. Um, so shout out to us. I'm happy it's over, but I also am not at all mad that it took as long as it did and mm-hmm. we we covered all the ground we did because I think that's going to be useful going into the future uh, for me personally. And yeah. I'll see to it that it's useful for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh Yeah. What else is the news?
1: Well, um i got so much news, but... No, we're getting so the boot. So little time. So I know we're getting the boot. So <laughs> um we have had the luxury of True. recording True rent-free at the P1 office 414, but they are expanding. P1 Studios. P1 Studios they're expanding and they need this office. So... We are going to relocate location t- TBD, but we we kind of already maybe know where it is, but we'll got to figure out a space.
0: I mean, the nice thing is we got the mics, we yep. got we made these uh, what do you call these sound dampening yep. things? You know, it's all stuff that we can move. It's all portable with us. Yeah. Yeah, in true welcome home co spirit, exactly. this whole thing is just a state. We just staged this room <laughs> must, as a podcast. That
1: must do. say something about myself, like <laughs> intrinsically. Like, am I, am I like already, always ready to be on the go?
0: I mean, well, one, I vibe with that, but two, it kind of makes sense because it's not like we were paying rents. You know totally. what I mean? Like, this could have happened anytime. Totally. And so we didn't want to put down, we didn't want to mm-hmm. put literal. You know, I don't know roots, t- here. <laughs> roots in the in here yeah. nails in the wall.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Those things are up with with uh, push pat, push pins. Yeah,
1: so <laughs>
0: just to give you a sense, it of doesn't know uh, We
1: weren't paying rent. We were graciously given this room, and um, so true. And helped know, along in the process. It did, and then, you know, we kind of got our rhythm, and now now we've got our groove, and we're gonna we're gonna find another space, and we're gonna kill it.
0: Yeah, probably thinking we'll end up just maybe. Redecorating that back room at storied and mm-hmm. um, keep the podcast stuff in the corner and pull yep. it out as necessary. Yep. So that's a project we're looking forward to in January in yes. the new year for yep. sure.
1: What have you been listening to?
0: There's an album by Copeland. Do you know Copeland? Yep. The band? hmm Uh one of my favorite bands.
1: She changes. <laughs> yeah, mind. for
0: sure, dude. <laughs> for a long time. For a long time. That's that's an old one. That's mm-hmm. uh that's an oldie but a goodie. So they have put out an album last year. It's called Revolving Doors.
1: Mm-hmm. And I don't this, know any of the new Copeland.
0: Well, okay. So this what's cool about this one is, it is new and old Copeland because it's it's all new takes on ten of I think it's ten of their songs from their entire discography. Cool. So they basically. Took songs like Chin Up and um, Every Time. I'm trying to think of some of those older ones that are on there. Coffee. Do you know coffee?
1: Oh, I think I know it. I think I know it.
0: If it's not too late for coffee, I'll be at your place in town. Yes,
1: yes, I know that one. We'll hit yes, that
0: all night diner and then, yes. well. See, (laughs) yes, I know it. Uh, okay, so that's coffee, and that's been one of my anthems for the longest time. Mm -hmm. So, that song's on there, there's others, and what he basically did was not exactly rewrite the songs but rework them. And on every track, brought in like a symphony, like a symphonic orchestra. Mm -hmm. So, there are just just it's just these reimaginings. This was like the hit thing to do over the last two or three years.
1: What's the album called?
0: Revolving doors.
1: Revolving doors. Okay.
0: So, like, the hot thing to do was was to quote unquote reimagine songs or albums, and so many bands in the last two or three years took old works, ten to twenty year old albums or songs, and like redid them in their Man. in their more content more modern style or or informed by their modern style.
1: Nostalgia is like real with
0: Seriously. people. It is, especially our generation. Mm-hmm. But like, so thrice. Twenty-year album. They got big on this album called. Uh, Thrice is one of my is another band that I mm-hmm. I've I've liked a lot over the last few years, and they had an album called Artist in the Ambulance, and like serious punk album, kind of hard like um, post post hardcore from two thousand three. Well, they they did the whole record over again in mm-hmm. in twenty last year I think it was because or maybe even earlier this year it came out. Because it was like the 20, yeah, 2003. It was the 20th anniversary of this album, so they redid it. And the thing was, when that album came out the first time, they've always retrospectively said like, ah, the mix was really flat and we were kind of like stifled in our creative energy around it. It wasn't really the album we wanted it to be or wanted it to produce. And so now 20 years later, they got all this creative freedom to just do exactly what they wanted to do with it. So that's the kind of thing that's happening. So Copeland did a similar type thing where they've, They've reimagined these songs, and I've seen even even bands that aren't old are are taking songs and they're doing like two different, three different st- versions of the song mm-hmm. just to do different styles of it. You know, it's funny. Um,
1: That's crazy. So
0: anyway, I've been just hyped. I've been I'll have
1: to check that. I don't out. know
0: why I, I thought of getting into it, but Copeland is always just a good listener. Did you
1: ever listen to me. the Shins?
0: I never got into the Shins. I don't know why. I just know those hits that are on the
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. In the movies or on yeah. the radio or whatever.
1: I like the Shins. I like his voice. And he's also the lead singer of a band called Broken Bells. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I
0: don't know if I've heard them or not.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like...
0: Not by name. Yeah,
1: anyway. yeah. No, you would probably record... You might hear the song and be like, think it's the Shins, but it's yeah. that band.
0: Well, that's what I'm listening to. Yeah. Soon enough, it's probably going to be Death Cab for Cutie because mm-hmm. I've got my tickets to the... You got tickets? Mm-hmm. Sick, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Albany... Appearance of Death Cat for Cutie. Yep. 20th anniversary tour. My co headliner with the Postal Service.
1: My friend from high school. Shout out. Her name is Melissa.
0: Dude. We, shout out, Melissa.
1: She is the one, the friend I think I mentioned a while back who introduced me to EQX
0: and okay. a bunch of other uh-huh, bands and uh-huh. stuff.
1: And um, we've been messaging each other about it. And we're going to, well, she got tickets and I'm going to go. Amazing. So. I'm excited.
0: Find out what section. It's probably nowhere near mine. I will,
1: (laughs) I will find out. It's like she said. She got good seats because she's like a concert, like junkie. Like she went to the Blink, uh, what's that called? The whole festival.
0: Uh, the no, the Warped Tour. But when we were young.
1: Yeah. Whatever. Recently, like in the last month. The last month she went. I guess I
0: missed. I missed that one.
1: It. She traveled for it.
0: Yeah. There's this thing called talk about nostalgia, and maybe mm-hmm. this is why you thought of nostalgia. But when we were young, is the name of like this festival that goes on, this music festival mm-hmm. where all of these emo and rock bands—pretty sure that could have like, been it. I'll the, find it on Instagram. The mid 2000s sure. um, are like all on this giant festival that's mm-hmm. popping up in different different yeah. major areas. Yeah, that could certainly be because Blink is on there. It's like every band you would think of being on mm-hmm. that being there is there. Yeah if you know that genre and that time period Totally. <laughs> so that era. Well, yeah. What have you been listening to?
1: Great question. Um I've been listening to also it's an, it's a Netflix thing. I've actually been watching it, but it's a docu series, a three-part docu series called The Billionaire, The Butler, and The Boyfriend. And you know me, I love a true crime A non-murder true crime.
0: It's murder or nothing for me, dude.
1: (laughs) And this docuseries is about the last years of Lillian Betancourt, the wealthiest woman in the world. And do you know why she is the wealthiest woman in the world? Mm, No. She is the sole heir and major shareholder of L'Oreal. Her father founded the brand. Got it. And um, the the documentary is about a feud that happened with her and her daughter. And it's kind of, it, it sounds really complicated, but uh, long story short, Lillianne Betancourt was being recorded her the conversations she was having with her asset manager were being recorded by the butler and the daughter got a hold of these conversations and um in order to expose a person who is the boyfriend in this um scenario like his like greed because she thought that he was taking advantage of her mother. And she published these recordings in order to, like, file a lawsuit against this guy. But the recordings were made... When they were made public, there were, like, conversations about, like, political, like, money being donated to politicians, tax evasion, and all these things that just sort of, like, blew up that didn't become the, like the boyfriend then became not the main um, part of the story. It became all these other things. And it's all based on a true story and and like recordings from that, um, from that time period Mm -hmm. are published. The only thing about it, the only caveat is the whole thing is in French. So you have to either watch it, in French, with English subtitles, or watch it like dubbed over with English,
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is your choice?
1: I so the first episode I watched in French with the subtitles, but then the last two episodes, I was like multitasking, so I couldn't like it's more sit. about listening. It was more about listening, yeah than it was about like reading, but um it's a it's something that i would it's like very appropriate. I was watching it with my 12 year old and none of it was like crazy yeah like so if you're concerned about like kids being in the room or whatever, you could just watch it in French and then <laughs> watch the subtitles. but you know it it was very interesting, very, very interesting yeah I like that kind of true crime. Sounds interesting. And the like. Here is the thing: I forgot to mention she was worth over thirty billion dollars. Thirty billion dollars. This woman was worth like she had more money than you could ever, ever imagine. And this this friend, who they call the boyfriend, they calculated between all the gifts and the trips and the money and everything that. Lillian Betancourt had given this guy, it was almost a billion dollars in gifts and things. Wow. It was 970 something million dollars. So it's just crazy. Like mo- money literally was no object to the people in this world.
0: It's, it's interesting to think about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Much
0: relativity to that.
1: Totally. <clears throat> So, what are we going to talk about today? Like, I don't already know.
0: What are we not going to talk about, dude? First of all, thanks for my gift.
1: Oh, yeah. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) Maggie told me about the uh, Artist's Way Mm -hmm. last week or the week before. Yep. In response to something I was talking about. And then she brought me the book today, dude. I told you. The workbook.
1: It is, it will change your life. Just be prepared.
0: The Artist's Way, a spiritual path to higher creativity.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Internationally best-selling author, Julia Cameron. This one includes a new preface from the Mm. author, so that's pretty sick, dude. 30th anniversary edition. Yep. Word. It's been around for a...
1: It's been around for a while. For a minute. And there, you have to, you have to like... I mean, no pressure, but I recommend treating this like a like class you're taking and just like really do all of the assignments and homework that she gives you. And it will like, I'm just waiting for you in like 12 weeks from now to be like totally transformed.
0: I need somebody else out there to pick this up. And like we hold each other accountable as we work through it. Totally, dude. Did you catch? Maybe TJ will do it. Did you catch these um, commendations on the back here? The Artist's yeah. Way is about discovering and developing the artist within. This book will gently get you started. Anne Lamott, Martin Scorsese, dude. Mm-hmm. This is a book that addresses a delicate and complex subject. For those who will use it, it is a valuable tool to get in touch with their own creativity. Russell Brand says, I love it. A practical, spiritual, nurturing book. Just what I need.
1: <laughs> Elizabeth Gilbert says, had, not, had it not been for the artist's way, there would be no eat, pray, love. Wow.
0: You heard it here first. That was the longest of the commentaries on the back, so I didn't want to skip over that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> gotcha.
0: Not bite size enough for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Very thoughtful. Thanks, Maggie. You're welcome. Uh yeah, today. This is gonna be our last episode of twenty twenty three, pretty sure. And we're not actually gonna pin ourselves down to the next to the start date for next January. Um episode afterward. But it will be in January.
1: Yeah.
0: Probably. Probably. February is when we kicked off, right? We started last year.
1: No, we didn't year in February. Oh, we launched in April. Yeah. But we started recording in February. Yes.
0: Then we dropped three episodes at once. Mm -hmm. I remember. I remember now. Uh, yeah, we kicked it off with three episodes. So this time around, we're just going to just gonna pop back up in January.
1: At least we've got the formula now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think. And what we're going to do is that's going to give us like probably like a month to maybe even talk about what it's going to look like in the mm-hmm. future. You know? Yeah. Who knows? We'll have to review some of feedback that we've got. We've got to maybe think about what we want to do and what our goals are. And, you know, when we started this thing – here. okay, I, I was having this thought before and I wanted to drop it. Um, when we started this thing, we had a lot of different ideas. And we were stoked on the idea of, like, building some community around it and, I don't know, just doing more with this. And what happened for me this last year was I got an opportunity that I couldn't pass up, essentially. Yeah. And that happened kind of early on in the year. Definitely by by mid-year, I was – ghost ghost. Uh, yeah, I was kind of wrapped up in that. And so uh, as we discussed last week, I'll be leaving Vischer, my role at Visher Ferry General Store come January and moving back towards storied personally. But also, hopefully, that will free up a little bit more of my time. Because at Visher Ferry, I was largely solely responsible for a lot of different things on the cafe side and at you know and I, so I was working for someone but I wasn't and I was working with them to a degree but I was kind of ultimately responsible and all the people I was supposed to be working with uh it, that, that was part of the part of my problem mm-hmm. you know issue over there for a while I was just trying to figure out how to how to balance all that stuff at storied you know I have a team that we're kind of equal players in a lot of ways and I'm 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 kind of ultimately responsible for a lot of things, but a lot of the work is shared. So it's a different experience. In fact, having that scenario at storied is what allowed me to step away more or less for the last six months. So anyway, that's all to say that I'll be I'll be back at storied, but my time is 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 required differently by all the things general things around me so i'm hoping that creates a little more like flexibility mm-hmm. in my lifestyle for both doubling down on story and kind of regrouping around that we're going to as i said to you earlier hopefully open we're planning to open more days of the week than we currently are and uh probably more hours as well than 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 we currently are are allowing us ourselves to do so there's that, but, but I'm hoping that we can maybe think about how to make the pod something that's more ingrained in the... Um, culture? Yeah, in the culture of story. That'd be cool. And I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's how I, I, I... Obviously, I approach this from the totally. story perspective and looking at it from that. But we didn't actually... I meant to talk about this when we were talking about the business models and we were talking about assets. Right. We could have talked about how the podcast... Yeah, should be an could be an asset could to be. our respective businesses, but it didn't even come up. I was thinking about that later on, and I think that's because right now it's not yet affecting our mm-hmm. business, our our mm-hmm. respective businesses. But I'd like to figure out how this podcast, being that we pour as much as we do into it, and right. would like to pour even more, how that could also reciprocate toward yeah. Our tour. Our if you think businesses. our podcast
1: is good now, just wait till we actually put some effort into it.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first.
1: <laughs> just kidding. We actually put a lot of like thought and consideration into a, a lot of what goes behind this. I think it's just right now we're only two people. Yeah. And TJ.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So there's there's just like our creativity is a little bit stifled on it. Yeah. So anyway, that's just some of my thoughts. Uh, yeah, we didn't even ask the question, but that's the answer. <laughs> that's my mm-hmm. answer. So,
1: yeah, I like it. Um, what are some things that you learned in 2023?
0: Like in general? In general, anything goes.
1: Anything, anything goes. Between two friends.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. We get to hear from you afterward, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to tell us I what you learned, right? Okay, great. Uh, I, I guess I learned a lot in 2023. Um, the year started with having a child, bringing a child into the world. We uh, not both me.
1: became parents this year.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So um, so everything was a little bit filtered through that lens, you know, because that, that affected everything (laughs) in a, in a good way, but like lifestyle had to change and took some shape around that certain routines and things came up. Um, I I think, I think i I'm learning still 2023. So I'm still learning Mm. things from the year. Ah, I'm trying to think on the spot. I I think I learned one, one takeaway now that like the Vistra Ferry chapter is kind of closing, that's also giving me a chance to reflect on some stuff. And I think one takeaway is like, you, you have to have... Okay, I, this isn't even something I'm, I've, I've learned. This is something I'm just thinking about. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about. I'm trying to ask myself... To what degree is like your presence as an owner, as a founder, as a... Essentially as an owner and a founder. Not necessarily as a manager, okay? Because that's a different thing. But like as an owner of a business, a CEO or founder. To what degree is your presence required to, to affect your business, okay? And when and how does it matter? Those are actually not things I have. I don't know the answer. Well, I I think I'm learning the answer and I don't like it.
1: Yeah. I know the answer for you. I think
0: that, no, I don't want the answer for me. I want the answer in general. Mm
1: -mm. There's, (laughs) there's no straight answer for every business. It's not, there's not a blanket answer f- to a business.
0: There kind of is, though. I kind of think there is. Okay. But that's part of what I'm learning. That's part of what I'm learning. There is a balance. Maybe this is what I'm learning. There is a Did balance. Did you
1: see your business decline because of your lack of presence there this year?
0: Possibly. Possibly. I don't know. Because there's a lot of reasons for business to decline. Right. If we shorten our hours, then business is going to decline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we shorten our qu- close some days, then business is going to decline. In some cases, you shorten your hours and you get more business. I've heard of that. Right. Some days you do less days, you get more business because people just pack it in because they are going to be there either way. So that's the kind of thing. It, uh, every equation is different. Every equation is different. And so you don't know until you kind of learn the hard way.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And there's there's so many levers to pull. So I don't know which one is the thing, right? Because if... Okay. In my particular thing, when I stepped away, that reduced... I couldn't just replace myself with another person. Because the way our model works right now is I don't take money from the business which is not actually a model that works. Right. So we've, you know, that's something to think about. I got to build it differently so that I could have that money. And then when I replace myself, the money was there because I planned for it Mm -hmm. to be there, whether it was mine or for someone else. Right. So if I step away now, I can't replace myself because it was never meant to work that way. That's so, okay. So translate that to yes, Technically speaking, physically, if I leave, we we, do, we have less people. We can't replace me. It's not a one-for-one. One. So if I leave, we have to go less hours because Abby can't work all of those hours herself. Mm-hmm. And the, the shop can't run one person right now. It's not designed that way. It used to be before we moved and had different menu items and blah, blah, blah. So that... But you, if you could take that model and say, okay, whether it's me or someone else, if the model was different to where, you know, the money's going to be there either way. So it doesn't have to be me who's there. You know, in other words, if if the model was one that afforded two people and both those people were getting paid, whether it's me or whether it's another staff, there's still, there it is a one-for-one. One. And so is it my, then then I would know, okay, if if I leave but someone else steps in, but we're still open the same amount of time, we're still open more hours and business declines, then scientifically speaking, now you can kind of say, okay, maybe something about my presence, my face is just something for the business. But when in this case, when I leave, so does the ability (laughs) to be open as much. And so there's extra variables in that equation. So not to to make it all complicated, but... That's just one way of. Uh, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate advocate on that a little bit because there are other factors, and I know of businesses that. We all know of businesses and brands where, like, you don't even know who the CEO is. You know, now we're probably talking large brands. We're talking talking success yeah. stories and blah blah blah. So that's another question. You know, to what degree does your baby business have to be, like, really coddled and uh, and nurtured by the owner specifically and it's it's and and for how long and to what degree those are questions i'm now walking i guess back into (laughs) storied um asking as i go into the new year so i don't i don't know the answer i don't know what i've learned here Hmm. but i i think i am a little annoyed (laughs) at how much, I probably, probably the answer is this business does require my presence way more than yeah, I, a hundred percent, than I want it to a
1: hundred percent,
0: which is okay. In a sense, it's okay in a sense, but I'm not interested in building a, a business where, where it all hinges on me. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not actually what my like dream is. What is your dream? Oh, gosh. Um, I would like to build a business that, that fulfills, like, it's, I, I want to build a, a business. I want to build a story into something that... Is giving that consistent product really tasty, consistent coffee and bubble tea drinks with a super friendly, like, um, experience Experience. at the counter, you know, And, and where... People just have a really a really good ex- experience with that all around but like at the same time I want to capture imaginations with that with that uh, concept of storied as a storied coffee being I've probably oh, I think I've said it in the past, but that concept of storied being where like everything you're doing by coming here is bigger than just coming here. It's bigger mm-hmm. than getting that coffee. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to tap into that story that I want to engage people's imaginations. This is like marketing. Frankly, this is a whole other thing. This is a whole other project that I'm not even engaged in, but this is really what I what I need to get engaged in or figure out how to engage in. Is like how do I capture imaginations with this concept of... You have
1: that book right in within reach. I
0: do. Also, I, I got this tagline right here. That's right. <laughs> Every cup tells
1: a story. Every cup tells a
0: story. I want to engage people with that old original kind of concept Mm -hmm. where like you story is part of your life. You're part of storied's life. You know, it's this whole thing. We're celebrating this concept that everything you're doing is, is like part of this bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So that is a, that's a concept I want to share and engage people with on like on a larger scale. I love creating the kind the kind of place I love being part of creating the kind of place where like friends and neighbors gather yeah. a neighborhood coffee shop that's what we always wanted to be was like a neighborhood vibe yep. kind of deal and for just just all kinds of reasons that has remained like so far away, but I want to do that in other places too. I want to create that same kind of place in other places
1: mm-hmm. and I don't know frankly I think
0: <laughs> I don't know. the
1: degree of your presence that is required is going to be a lot
0: it can't be it can't be It might have to be, but it it ultimately it ultimately shouldn't be, and I'm going to unlock. I'm going to (laughs) unlock the difference, the line. I'm going to figure out what that line is. Yeah. Right? Because let me put it this way. I would rather build the kind of business that's more of a franchise model than just be locked into one. Sure. I I would rather franchise storied. You heard this here first. Then lock into one little location that I'm locked down on for my whole life. Mm -hmm. Even if I could, by doing so, grow that one into whatever, the best version of itself that it could ever be because I'm personally there doing every single thing, right? That's not at all all what I want to do. That's not how I want to leverage my dreams, right? I want to actually create something that stands on its own, that I can be more of a CEO, more of a... Mm -hmm founder owner of where I can install people who share the vision to do that work and carry that out. Yeah. You know, not for, and here's the thing, not for money, not at all for money. I could not be less motivated by money to a fault. It's a problem, right? I do not care about being rich. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so uh, that's just not my goal. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not wrong to be rich. It's mm-hmm. not wrong to have money. It's not wrong to, to go into business, to make money. I, that's the other, that's the flip mm-hmm. side of it all is that's been what's lacking. And that's another thing I'm learning the hard way this year is like, I need money in my life <laughs> to support my family, mm-hmm. to support our mental health, our well Um mm-hmm. You know, so, and to grow and run the kind of, and to do the kind of thing I'm literally describing, there has to be money in the in the equation. It has to be profitable, sustainable. Mm-hmm. So that's been something I'm also figuring out. Like this is the this next year is the last year <laughs> that I can mm-hmm. that we can do this. And, for, and in a lot of ways it's like it's like pastime to be to be there. But it's all kind of like this thing we're we're figuring out, working out, so that come twenty twenty-five we'll be on different footing. I'm not going to rehash that at all because yeah. we've I've talked about that before. I'll talk about it in the future. Maybe I'm clear. Maybe I've said it enough. Maybe I've made it clear. Enough. Yeah. Like I want to do that because of what it provides for people. I want to do that because of what it provides for a neighborhood, for a, a group of mm-hmm. people, a community. And I know from experience, well, I know from one from firsthand from going to these places where there's a lack of a place like this, how much it sucks. And how much people are looking for it. And I also know when people go way the heck out of their way to come to story in little old Scotia, driving 20, 30 minutes for a coffee shop experience for uh, primarily for a bubble tea. Like people really travel for bubble tea. So I know like there's a need for this kind of thing. Unfortunately, these small towns have a really hard time sustaining a business like this. And that's part of the struggle. And that's why you don't see more of them or they spring up, but they don't last. But I still know places are looking for that kind of thing. And that's the experience I want to provide for various communities. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't have aspirations of like going nationwide. I don't want to like leave the state. Right. But I would love to be in several surrounding towns. Sure. You know, the places where people are coming from that I Mm -hmm. know we're, we're, we're serving certain, certain people. It's just the opportunity is not quite there
1: mm-hmm.
0: at this time. So that's, sure a lot of people
1: would love that. That's
0: my dream. And I would love to be, you know, a hand in how each of those ones operates, right? Like I'd, I'll go there. That's kind of what I like doing, you know, in one sense it's bad because you don't want to, you also don't want to, you want to get away from quote unquote putting on fires. You know, I don't want to just yeah. drive around putting out all, all, all these fires. I want places that mostly like are self-sustaining with good people in charge where I'm kind of guiding it and it's all kind of a cohesive thing. Like I'm not looking to franchise in the sense that I have other people who who necessarily own this thing um, and I'm totally removed from it as much as like I think Storied wants to be a bigger presence in the area. Mm-hmm. But one where, let, let this be the last thing I say, one where... As you grow, this this the quality isn't sacrificed in the way that it so often is when places grow.
1: Right.
0: And I don't know how you get around that other than you just you just grow slow. You grow slow yeah. enough. I think in a lot of ways we've tried to grow too fast, way beyond like our
1: yeah our
0: means. Only because like the threshold was so low, it looked accessible. It looked like hey, we could we could do that. You know, it's an opportunity, you couldn't pass up. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, you know, there is good out of that, but but like things in a lot of ways are too underdeveloped to be, to be launching out in some of the ways we've tried. So um, those have all been learning experiences and we've made it through them. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I think what I'm learning this year is (laughs) that it's time to really, really focus on home base And develop it real nice. And then like strategically plan for whatever growth needs to look like beyond home base in the future. I think that's it. Cool.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm going to jump in and tell you what I learned in 2023 because I have two minutes. You asked me all the questions. I know. I know I did, but... Um, no, it's all good stuff. And I think it's important to put a timestamp on these dreams because you'll look back and be like, it's good to look them over because it's less about like, oh, what are our goals for next year? It's like, you can make goals anytime. You don't have to have a a calendar year to do that, you know? It's true. Which is why I thought it would be interesting to, to talk about what we learned this year as opposed to. It's like more of a reflection as opposed to a, you know...
0: How we want... how thoughts you, for you know, next year. Thoughts for next year. Yeah.
1: And one of the big things that I learned this year for my business, Welcome Home Co., is um, surround yourself with people who have your back. And for me, I'm going to give a shout out to two specific people. First person is Kate Hentnick. She's a real estate attorney. And... I made a major mistake this year involving one of my clients and Kate had my back and she didn't throw me under the bus and we were able to like save the deal and so any other if I was working with any other attorney the deal probably would have exploded and went south and I just I owe her a lot. She's an amazing real estate attorney and she had my back and she's awesome. And like, I guess an, an add on to that would be to just own your mistakes and move on from them. Don't get emotional. Don't like apologize a million times, apologize once, move on and fix it and move on. Just own up, own up to your mistakes and don't make excuses for them. That's a big lesson I learned this year. And, um, cause believe it or not, I make mistakes. Um, so I'm shocked. I'm sure you're shocked. And the other person, um, in terms of like business sense is Joe, Joe, my staging assistant, my right hand man, besides Brandon, of course, but in terms of like people who, are in the professional world, Joe, I wouldn't be able to do Welcome Home Call without him. He's amazing. He's got a great eye for design and detail. And I've jokingly called Joe my creative director, my like, <laughs> you know, CEO, like the one who like makes decisions. Yeah. I I always run things past him for design stuff if I'm at an estate sale. It's, not, it's no longer like, should I get this? It's, should we get this? What do we think of this? Because I really see Joe as a huge asset to my business. And I just hope, you know, Joe, how much I value you and how amazing you are. So that was a big lesson for me this year. It was just really surrounding myself with people who have my back and who really want to see me succeed. And my advice for our listener is like to do the same. Surround yourself with people who are cheering you on, who want to see you succeed. And if there's a toxic person in your life who's making it challenging for you to get to your goals, then just really take a second and think about who you're surrounding yourself with because they have a huge impact on your success. So that's that. And then That's cool. my other piece of advice is get it in writing. <laughs> that's huge. Um I am still, I still have furniture stuck in a home. That one kind of thing I had I, I mentioned earlier in a, several episodes ago, I staged a house for someone and I had to threaten to destage the home in order to get paid. But I did not include in my quote for the contract a monthly rental fee. I just like sent the quote. And... Had I done that, I would be—I would either have my stuff back, or I'd be collecting a monthly rental fee on my staging stuff, and all that stuff is probably still going to be there till next year. And so that was a big hard lesson for me, and but it's—it's a good lesson to mm-hmm. learn. I, I want to learn it now while I'm still growing, and not further down the road when there's really lots of stuff on the line. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the things. Those are the big lessons I learned this year and I'm hoping to have a better social media presence in the new year um, now that I have a rhythm of life with our kid at home and that whole situation, it's it's been amazing, like jumping into being a parent being someone to help guide a, a young kid in their life and... Um, that sort of was a big, that was a a fork in the road. I was not expecting, um, this time of year, but it's been amazing. And now that we're in the rhythm of things, I think I'll be, I'm not going to say it's going to be smooth sailing, but at least I can, I know a little bit more what to expect now that we have a routine. So super cool. And speaking of which. (laughs) It's <laughs> that time again I gotta go pick him up
0: <laughs> Thanks for being with us this year guys Yeah we love you it's super cool doing this for yep. and with you We're looking forward yep. to 2024 20,
1: Totally You know where to find us That's right And leave us a review if you're feeling benevolent <laughs> We love you guys Happy New Year Later